Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever get a little frustrated with the disciples? You know, you read these gospel stories, and they just don't get it. They keep making these big mistakes. They often misunderstand Jesus. They take him too literally at some points. At other points, they just don't follow his clear instructions. They're proud. They're wondering who's the greatest. They doubt Jesus. And then at the supreme moment on Holy Thursday night, when Jesus needs them the most, they abandon him. But now it's Easter time. Jesus is risen from the dead, and, and we have the Easter account. So, so now we, we, we think, finally, they're going to get their act together. Finally, they're going to get it right. Now that Jesus is risen from the dead, this is, this is going to be their shining moment. But one thing that struck me this year as I've been reading the Easter accounts, the resurrection accounts in the Gospels, is the disciples just continued to fumble the ball. They just continued to make a lot of really big mistakes. And that even though Jesus has died and risen, and there's still a work in progress. You know, we see them, they're cowardly hiding behind the closed doors. They doubt the women's story. Those disciples on the road to Emmaus, they get this long, several-mile walk with Jesus, and they don't recognize him. And Mary Magdalene gets berated for clinging to Jesus. And even after Jesus appears to the others, Thomas, the other one who wasn't there, he doubts everybody. And, and, you know, so it's just like one tragic failure after another. But I have to tell you, as much as I'm surprised by the disciples' lack of faith after the resurrection, I'm even more surprised by Jesus' mercy, his great patience with them, his tenderness with them, his his willingness to to, to work with them where they're at still, and, and to love them. And I think as we approach this Divine Mercy Sunday uh, that comes here at the climax of Easter week, it's important for us to see the stories of the disciples and their lack of faith, not as like, you know, like a, like a window, like we're just, you know, reading the gospel accounts and, and we're looking into the life of Peter and John and Thomas. And I think we want to hold up those gospel accounts and look at them like a mirror. They're reminding us of our own lack of faith. That's one thing that's really hit me in this account. I I put myself in their shoes and I go, how many times have I doubted? How many times have I not been faithful? How many times do I struggle with pride, compare myself to others? How many times am I not there with Jesus when, when I should be? I'm too preoccupied with myself. And I think as we approach this Divine Mercy Sunday, it challenges us to Take a closer look at, at, at our own moments of weakness and failure, but to see them in light of the mercy of Jesus. I, I, I also come to appreciate how, just as Jesus was so patient and merciful with Thomas, doubting Thomas, uh, and he, he wants to be that patient and merciful and kind and gentle with me. So what we're going to do is look at the Easter accounts, look at a few of these stories and see our own sinfulness in them, but also see Jesus's great mercy as we approach Divine Mercy Sunday. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. Happy Blessed Easter. Alleluia to you all. Uh, I, I want to give a, a, a great shout out to, and a, a word of gratitude to so many, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I, I don't think I've ever gotten so many emails in a 48-hour period uh, than when the podcast was released last week. 
um, I was just so uh, just just in awe over uh, so many of you wanting that uh, biblical walk through Christ's passion guide, like to to follow Jesus's passion from Holy Thursday night all the way uh, to Easter Sunday, to read along the biblical accounts of Christ's passion and resurrection uh, in the time frame in which they would have been unfolding from Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday to, to Easter Sunday. And uh, I want you to know that uh, we did it as a family, and you know sometimes it was really nice. Other times, you know, with the kids, it can be a little, you know, stressful and trying to keep them orderly and get everyone together and all. But but we did, you know, go through the the triduum uh, with you all. Uh, so in solidarity together, it was good to pray with you all. And I, I was just really grateful uh, how many of you wanted to really stay close to Jesus. It's so beautiful. Uh, I, I know that that those little acts of love, just taking that little extra effort to to be more attentive to Jesus in Holy Week like that, uh, the Lord notices those things. And you just created a little more space in your heart for him. And and, and that's a beautiful thing. I, I know it's going to bear much fruit in your spiritual life, in your family, and the people you love uh, for, for these many weeks ahead in the Easter season. So uh, thanks for joining us for that. And for those that maybe don't know what I'm talking about, I mentioned that I had this little guide that I was giving away for free. And I know we're beyond Easter now, but you may want this guide for next year. Uh, and so if you want to receive that little biblical guide through reading the Passion Narratives or other free resources like this, uh, so many times I just will offer a free article to those on my newsletter list. Uh, I'll offer a free link to a talk that I've given or maybe uh, a short excerpt from one of my new books. And uh, and these are just things I just give away for free. And if they bless you, you feel free to share them with friends and family, people at your parish. And um, you can sign up for my email list and you'll just get these automatically. You just go to edwardsri.com. That's my website, edwardsri.com. And when you go to my homepage, or you'll see this little pop-up will come up. You know, just wait by five seconds. This little pop-up will come up, uh, and it'll invite you to to sign up for my newsletter. You can just enter your email in right there, and then you'll be receiving any future information that I have. Again, when I have, I have a new book coming out, I'm going to be telling you about pretty soon here, uh, and I'm going to give you a little little. A little excerpt on it. I'm going to write an article on it. Uh, it's actually a book that my wife and I have written together, so it's uh, really fun. I, I can't wait to share that with all of you soon. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I give those away, free talks, information about my pilgrimages, uh, you know, just things that could just bless you in your own spiritual life. And if you want to be a, a part of that and receive those, you can go to my website to sign up for my newsletter. Just go to edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com, and you can sign up in a little pop-up that'll come right there on the homepage. But let's talk about these disciples, these followers of Jesus. They're supposed to be the great models, and indeed, they really are. But when they struggle and they fall like this, I'm not focusing on them to focus on their weakness. I'm not trying to point out their faults, (laughs) because I have just the same faults and many worse ones, I I know. Uh, But it, it encourages me to know that that these were the the first disciples. They're the models that are held up in Scripture, but they were definitely works in progress. And I know I'm a work in progress. And I think that's part of the message of Divine Mercy Sunday is how patient, how gentle Jesus is with us, how kind he is, that he sees our many, many faults, our many foibles, our many failings, and he, he remains steadfast. He loves us. And he encourages us. Now, he keeps calling us to improve, calling us to get better, but but he's so merciful. And that's what you see with these great 
characters. I, I want to take a look at Mary Magdalene, for example. And I love this story. Uh, but do you ever wonder why Jesus says to her, stop touching me, You know, don't, don't touch me? <laughs> yeah, what is that all about? Let me back up. Let me give you the context here. So John's gospel tells us, it's interesting, three times in this scene that Mary is crying. So the first, the text tells us in John chapter 20 that Mary is crying. And then she sees the angels. And the angel says, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? And then when Jesus appears, she says, why are you crying? So three times, it's really emphasizing Mary's sorrow. And on, on one hand, I think the sorrow beautifully points to her love, that she misses the one that she loves so much, Jesus. And so she has these tears pouring out and just she's longing to, to, to find the body so she can complete the burial process that they start on Good Friday to give Jesus a proper burial. And, and so it's very beautiful, her tears, tears of love. But I also think there's an element of, you know, when Jesus and the apostles are asking, or Jesus and the angels are asking her, why are you crying? There's a sense in which she shouldn't be crying. There's a sense in which sometimes we could be so sad we can't see. We don't see clearly. Can you think of times like that when you've just been so sad about something? Like you're, you you don't see what's really happening around you. You're not as attentive to the people around you, attentive to their needs. <laughs> maybe you don't give your best to yourself to the people around you. Or you, many times, maybe you just don't feel God's presence with you when you're really sad. Uh, think about Mary here. So Mary Magdalene, she's crying so much that she doesn't see all the signs God is putting right before her. She's all worried and anxious that the body's been taken away, maybe stolen. But notice what's happened here. There's there's an open tomb. There's no body there. And there's angels appearing to her. Uh, and then Jesus even appears, and she doesn't recognize Jesus. She assumes him to be a gardener. I mean, th- these are amazing signs, right? You know, if, if someone you loved, you know, had died and they were put into a tomb, and you go a couple days later to that tomb and, and the body's not there, and, and there's the, oh, the tomb is open, and angels are appearing to you, and Jesus is appearing to you, these are pretty amazing signs that God is giving, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and this is Easter Sunday, as some commentators point out, this is not a time for crying. This is not a time for tears of sorrow. If anything, there should be tears of joy, time of rejoicing. But God's giving Mary Magdalene these wonderful signs showing that he's present. He's with her. Even in the midst of this great sorrow, he's really there. Uh, and, and, and she doesn't see it. And finally, the only way when Jesus is able to pierce through is when he calls her by name. He calls her, finally he says, Mary. And at that moment, it's like a, a light switch goes on, you know, the, and all of a sudden she's uh, awakened out of her slumber and she's like, oh, Rabboni, teacher. And, uh, and and she immediately starts clinging to Jesus. And and then Jesus says this these words, do not touch me, or uh, some translations do not, literally in the Greek, it's like, do not keep touching me or holding on to me or clinging to me. And, and it's a very strong command. Stop doing this. Stop clinging to me. And many times we wonder why, why is Jesus saying that? He tells Thomas, doubting Thomas, hey, touch my side. But Mary Magdalene, nope, you can't do it. Is it because Thomas is a man and Mary's a woman? Is that what's going on here? No. Thomas needed to touch Jesus's side, but it was just to touch it, not to cling to it. Thomas will touch Jesus's side and then come to great faith. Mary Magdalene was clinging to Jesus. What was she doing? You know, Mary thinks that Jesus has returned from the dead and returned to how things were before. 
you know, just like Lazarus in John chapter 11 was, you know, dead in the tomb for four days, even longer than Jesus. And he came back and, you know, but Lazarus is going to die again someday. <laughs> Lazarus came back to his normal life, but he is going to die again. Jesus is not coming back to his normal life. This is his resurrected body. And, and he has to ascend to the father. That's what he says. He says, I must ascend to my father. And he, he tells us elsewhere in the gospels that he, he must go to the father in order to come back to us in a more powerful way. So yes, Jesus is risen from the dead, but he's going to ascend to the Father so that he can send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counselor. He wants to put the Spirit in our hearts. So he's actually going to be with us in an even more powerful way. You know, before this moment, Jesus, before Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit was was descended into the hearts of those first disciples— Jesus was there. He was walking around with them those three years in Galilee during the public ministry. He's going to be with them for these 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. So he's with them. But when he ascends to the Father and goes to the Father's right hand, it's not sayonara, goodbye, arrivederci. He's going to the Father so that he can be even closer to us. So that when he sends the Spirit, it's his Spirit is is actually gonna be in my heart. That's the more that is more profound than Thomas touching the side of Jesus or Mary Magdalene clinging to the body of Jesus. Jesus is actually dwelling in you by virtue of your baptism. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Holy Son of God is dwelling within you. That's amazing. The God of the universe is 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 living within me. Through this sanctifying grace, his spirit has been poured out into my heart. That could not have happened if Jesus didn't ascend to the Father. And so Jesus is telling Mary, I've come back, but not in the way you think. And don't cling to me. Don't cling on to your view for me and just wanting things to be like they were before. Is that what we often want? We want things to be like they were before. And I, and I just cling to how uh, I, I, I was living in this friend group or my job or this, this life in the parish or how my family life was. And I can kind of cling to the past. Or I can cling, as I talked about in a recent podcast during Lent, I, I can cling to my own plan. I, I, want, I want God to help me fulfill my plans. I want God to help me fulfill my will instead of surrendering to his will and his plan for me. You see, that this is all a kind of pride. And we fall into this. This is what Mary Magdalene's doing. She's clinging to Jesus, wanting Jesus to be just like he was before. And that, that's, not, that's not a bad thing. Mary really loved Jesus. It's just that Jesus has something so much more for her. He wants to give her his Holy Spirit. He wants to put his spirit in her heart and be within her. That's an even greater gift. But if she clings to him, then she's not going to get that greater gift. And the same is true in our lives, my friends. When we cling to our own plans, we cling to wanting things to be like they were before, or we cling to a certain vision that we hope our future will look like, but we're just tightly holding on to what we want, then our hands aren't open to receive what Jesus wants to give us, which is many times much bigger than what we were thinking. Many times we have a good desire and we, you know, and God wants to give us that, but many, many other times Jesus wants us to have our hands open to receive his gift. So will we cling like Mary Magdalene 
we, we have our hearts open to receive Jesus fully. Now, I want to just share one more scene. Can I, can I just do one more scene with you? Uh, I think about the story of Peter in John's Gospel, chapter 21. I think Peter probably, in this scene, uh, felt a little uncomfortable. I mean, just picture him. I mean, he, he denied Jesus three times. I mean, all the apostles, except John, the beloved one, you know, all the apostles, the other ones, they, they all abandoned Jesus, so they're all kind of equally guilty. But Peter stands out for his guilt a little more, you know, because he, first of all, he's the head, right? He was the rock. He had the keys of the kingdom. He's supposed to be the the head of the 12, and he denies Jesus three times. I mean, others abandoned Jesus that night, but Peter outright denied Jesus. That That's a pretty serious offense. And so I know there's all this excitement about the resurrection, and everyone's all happy, and I know Peter's really happy. Remember, he sees Jesus on the shore. He jumps out of the boat, swims to Jesus, and they have a fish breakfast together there by the fire. And you know, it, and I'm sure you know he's there with all the other apostles, and he's excited. But but there's a part of him, I'm sure, if if it were me, would feel a little uncomfortable, a little ashamed, ashamed about what he had done. And kind of wondering, um, what's going to happen to my relationship with Jesus? Are we still friends? Are we still going to be as close? Do I still get those keys? I really want those keys. Is that going to work out? You you can just imagine Peter just like not sure. So everyone's all together. There's excitement. They're having the fish breakfast there on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And then all of a sudden, they finish breakfast, and Jesus wants to have a one-on-one conversation with Peter. Imagine Peter here after breakfast, all of a sudden, you know, Jesus says, hey, Pete, let's go for a walk. Imagine how you're feeling, Peter. Uh-oh, here it goes. I'm in trouble. I'm dead. <laughs> now I'm going to get the the big lecture on, on my mistake on Holy Thursday night. Uh, now this is, when, this is when he takes the keys back, I bet, right? Uh, and I bet my name has to go back to Simon now. <laughs> I, I lose the rock. I was not a good rock on Holy Thursday night. I'm going to lose the rock name. <laughs> you could just imagine. I mean, that's how I would probably be. I'd be like so scared. Okay, this is my demotion. Here it goes. Um, what's fascinating you know, one other little interesting detail in the gospel account is that in John chapter 21, verse 9, it tells us that when Peter and all the other apostles are there around the, the fire with Jesus having that fish breakfast, uh, they were around a charcoal fire, a charcoal fire. Now, why do I need to know it's a charcoal fire? Because the last time Peter was around a charcoal fire, do you remember when it was? Holy Thursday night. When he denied Jesus, he denied Jesus standing around a charcoal fire. And here he is again around a charcoal fire. And then Jesus says, let's talk. And you know the story. Jesus, who's kind and merciful, so gentle, so loving, so quick to forgive. He doesn't berate Peter. He doesn't bring out a job performance review scorecard and show, hey, hey, look at your three big mistakes on Holy Thursday night. Yeah, you completely dropped the ball there. Uh, You're supposed to be the rock. Turn in the keys. You lose this position. (laughs) That's not what he does. He asks Peter three times, do you love me? He's giving Peter the chance to make up for the three times he denied him on Holy Thursday night. He gives Peter a second chance. And Peter beautifully three times reaffirms his love three times. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, I love you. Uh, and, and it beautifully makes up for his severe lack of love on Holy Thursday night. 
I shared this story because, again, I think it's another one of these beautiful scenes from the Easter stories where we see the weakness, the imperfection of the disciples, but we see Jesus's tremendous mercy. And if there's any burden that you're carrying, anything from your past, that past doesn't have to define you. It didn't define Peter. So whether it was some serious sin that you committed a long time ago and you feel really ashamed about it, you brought it to confession, you've talked about it with many priests, but you still feel ashamed, Jesus doesn't want you to feel ashamed. He wants to free you from that. If if there's something you're you're struggling with right now, maybe something you did this last week, maybe something you did earlier today, the way you treated one of your kids, the way you treated your spouse, the way you treated your your coworker or a family member, you know, something happened and you know, Jesus doesn't want those past sins, weaknesses, mistakes to define us. He always gives us a second chance. So whatever you did around the charcoal fire, whatever your charcoal fire might be, <laughs> you know, just know Jesus, especially in this Easter season, he wants you to move on. He wants you to not be, be, be drowning in that shame. He doesn't want you to be enslaved in those guilty feelings. If you've brought it to confession, if you've been sincerely sorry, he really, really wants you to move on. He doesn't want you to do a dissertation on your sins and keep remembering them and analyzing them and regretting them over and over again. You know, he, he, St. Bernard of Claveau beautifully says that the sins we commit in time, it's as if in heaven they never happened. And it was when we, when we get to heaven, it's not like, I mean, they did really happen, but he's saying it's as if like in heaven, it, they're not even counted. Like they're not even remembered because Jesus died for us. He rose from the dead. He filled our hearts with his spirit and, 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 He's forgiven us, and he gave us that second chance, and we've reaffirmed our love for him. So keep that in mind here in this Easter season. Let's not cling to our own plans like Mary Magdalene. Uh, Let's not let the past define us like Peter. Let us not live in shame. Let's encounter Jesus's mercy, especially in this upcoming great feast of Divine Mercy Sunday. Once again, if you want to receive free articles, talks from time to time uh, from me, you can sign up for my newsletter at edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. That's where you can also sign up there and you can also uh, let us know that you'd like to get uh, that little guide for the passion narratives. You can use it for next year if you want. Uh, But anyway, future articles and resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at my website, edwardsri.com. Thanks for listening and God bless. 